0: Welcome to the Growing Healthy Families podcast. We are your hosts, Dr. Scott and Lena Haggerty. Our mission is to provide you with science, health tips, nutrition, and exercise information that you can actually use in your life. We want to make these tips real and applicable, so we will share strategies that we use in our life to grow our healthy family. Hey, what's up crew? In this episode of the Growing Healthy Families podcast, we're gonna dive deep into your immune system's function. We're gonna give you the top nine factors that are affecting your immune health. We are gonna give you eight simple ways to build a strong immune system. We're gonna introduce you to foods that support healthy immune function and then give you the top supplements that you need right now in your diet to support immune function. Hey, what's up, crew? This is Dr. Scott Haggerty.
1: And Dr. Lena Haggerty. And in today's episode, we're gonna talk about the health of your immune system. We're gonna go through the factors that are affecting your immunity and what you can do to help build it up.
0: What we wanna do is we going to start talking about, first and foremost, the things that are weakening your immune system. So as we dive in, we are going to talk about things that you may or may not be aware of, but we wanna make sure that as you're learning about the way that your immune system works, you can understand the factors that can pretty rapidly start to negatively impact your health.
1: So the first one we're gonna talk about is chronic stress. We all have a lot of stress in our lives and we've all had a lot of stress probably for a long period of time. And over time, it takes a big toll on our immune function and it can really suppress the system so that it's not working the way that it should be or needs to.
0: It's a great point and coupled with that, and I think this is something that many people have some awareness of but don't really know how this works, poor diet, diets that are high in processed foods, bad saturated fats, high in sugar, excess sodium, lots of inflammatory oils. These are really, really big suppressors and weakeners of the immune system because they create a state of chronic low-grade systemic inflammation. And this is a big thing. If you've never heard this before, then I think this is a big piece of research that you might want to dig into. Um, There's great books on this, like The Deflame Diet, where Dr. David Seaman dives deep into this because what he has actually found in his research and many others like him is that this low-grade level of systemic inflammation not only weakens your immune system, but it also predisposes you to just about every chronic disease that you can
1: think of. So another one that may not surprise you is physical inactivity, not having enough exercise, but one that a lot of people don't realize is an excessive amount of exercise. So too little or too much can cause immune issues. I know that at times, if I'm a little under the weather, it's good to get the blood flowing and you know have some of that blood flow and get the muscles moving and the joints and the lymph starts to drain in a very moderate, slow-paced level, but I have also had times where I've been exercising really hard when my body may not be at its best, and then I notice that I take a drastic downturn afterwards. So, and obviously those are in states of, you know, maybe you've already been a little under the weather, but in general, even if you're feeling really good, too much or too little can have a big impact.
0: Yep. One of the tools that we utilize in our office is the thing called the heart rate variability. And this has actually been a great tool. If you have like an an Apple Watch where you have an HRV, if you find that your nervous system is showing a state of poor variability or high sympathetic stress, this could be a sign that you may be on the verge of overtraining and potentially crashing your immune system. So uh, another one that I want to talk about is nutrient deficiencies. You know, as you're, you're going to hear, as we get a little bit further into this episode, nutrient deficiencies can really crash the immune system. This is why nutrition becomes such a big piece of the equation when you think about how to not only lower inflammation, but all the things that proper nutrition does to go and boost and support the immune system.
1: So then another is substance use and abuse. Obviously, excessive alcohol consumption or drug abuse can suppress the immune system.
0: So another one that I I think oftentimes people don't think about, but poor personal hygiene has actually been shown to be a major contributing factor because what this can do is it can allow for the growth and proliferation of pathogenic bacteria, viruses, fungi, yeast, and more. And guys, now listen, I know this is something that we don't see commonly in the United States, but in third world countries, one of the reasons why hygiene and the introduction of simple things like hand washing has become a lifesaver is because Personal hygiene in many parts of the world is so poor, but there are actually pockets of our United States where hygiene is actually very subpar and very preventable diseases and infections proliferate just because of poor personal hygiene.
1: So another is lack of sleep. And Dr. Scott and I did a whole nother episode on sleep in a previous um, segment. Good promo. (laughs) (laughs) So be sure to listen in. Um, But too little sleep has been shown to cause systemic inflammation and immune suppression. And we dove deeper into that one in our other episode.
0: So let's also talk about another one that's really important is the impaired microbiota. Now, if you've never heard this term, what this literally means is your gut, right? Um, From tongue to tail, we have this microbiome, these these healthy bacteria that are what are called symbiotic. They work with our body to help to go and bolster our immune system along with about a million other functions. But what most people don't know is 80% of the immune system actually lives in the gut. And so addressing this is a really big issue. And we'll give you some resources as we get a little further along that you can use to go and bolster your gut function.
1: And then the last one is environmental toxins. So substances like parabens, heavy metals, phthalates, and other toxins like cigarette smoke or cigar smoke have been shown to compromise immune function. So obviously then that's looking at different pollutants in the air. um, But obviously they have an effect on our lungs, on our organs and then on our immune function.
0: Well, you know, and Dr. Lean, I want to take that one step further because many people aren't even aware that sometimes even the cleaning products and the things that we put on our skin can be strong environmental toxins like exposure to things like chlorine bleaches and a lot of the common cleaners and uh, laundry detergents. Many of those things can have immune suppressing toxins in them that can be weakening you whether you are aware or not aware of that. And that's something I think that most people, if you're not really already down this road, may never have heard before.
1: Yeah, it is really important to start looking at all of those household products, your shampoos, your soaps, your dish detergents, um, like Dr. Scott was saying, your cleaning products. You know, there's a lot of household items that, you know, we, we grew up a long time ago and I just don't think that people thought about things and it wasn't as prevalent then and we didn't know as much as we know now.
0: Oh, so totally true. So totally true. And thank God there's been a pretty strong movement towards um, getting more natural products on our hair, skin, in our cleaning environment, on our bodies. But this is still something where a large portion of our population is not aware of this, and their immune systems are being greatly, greatly affected by things like this. So uh, we want to transition here into things that we need to do to start to bolster our immune system. And we're going to start right at the very top by addressing the most important system, what we call the master system, our central nervous system. And so one of the things that we have seen for now, gosh, 11 and a half years in practice is that people who get chiropractic adjustments end up with significantly stronger immune systems. And I will tell you that we are the best evidence of this. Because our immune systems have been dramatically improved and dramatically supported, as have our children's, by getting regular chiropractic adjustments. But what's cool is that there's substantial research out there in the literature that shows that getting a chiropractic adjustment stimulates a nerve called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is the nerve that controls our body's inflammatory responses. People who have Poor sympathetic-parasympathetic balance tend to have very weakened immune systems. When you get a chiropractic adjustment, it stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system and the vagus nerve, which strengthens the, the role of your immune system and its ability to um, support you whenever you are being um, attacked by pathogens.
1: So then we, we've already talked about this a little bit, and again, in our previous episode, but getting enough sleep. So having a good night's rest and enough rest is really important for a strong immune system. What do they always say when, you don't, when you're not feeling well? Go to sleep. Get some rest. You'll feel better when you wake up, right? I mean, what does a nap do for you? Not that many of us know what that's like <laughs> nowadays, but how good do you feel after a nap, right? So getting enough sleep really helps your body to do what it needs to do and gain its strength Go into parasympathetic state, rest, digest, growth, development, and fight off whatever it needs to, to keep a healthy immune system.
0: So true. So another one is managing your stress levels. And this is something that some people know about, but I found that a lot of people are not aware of the really dramatic impact that stress can have on the immune system. And so managing your stress levels can can usually is going to take a multifactorial approach. It's finding combinations of tools to help you depending upon the stress of your life. You know, there's things like exercise, there's things like meditation, there's things like apps that you can use. There's lots of different things. And we'll dig into these deeper. But it's really important that we start looking at how do we find the proper tools tools in our shed to go and manage our stress levels. Because, you know, coupling with things like managing stress levels, there's things like incorporating mindfulness and meditation that can be a really, really great tool for our bodies to be able to just unload the stress mentally. Because getting ourselves into a place of mindfulness and meditation helps to go and take the, the brain, right, what is the controller of all systems, and take it out of that state of stress, make us more aware of what's happening, with our stress levels, and help us to sort through those.
1: So expanding on that one a little bit, when you get into that mindfulness and meditation, along those same lines would be like yoga. I know I personally find that it's really helpful on days when I'm not even sure if I want to work out. I don't know what my body, you know how sometimes your body just doesn't know what it's up for? If you're achy, if you're sore, if you're just tired, but getting some of that gentle movement and along with that with yoga is the breath, right? And that's a really important part of it. And believe it or not, some good deep breathing can do wonders to help your immune function. It helps your state of mind, and it helps you to relax, helps you to de-stress a little bit, and in turn then helps the immune system to gain better control over what's going on in the body.
0: Yeah, because going back to that same theme, so when you do all the things Dr. Lena just talked about, all of those things are also vagus nerve stimulators, which helps to strengthen the nervous system's ability to go and regulate the immune system body-wide.
1: And so this couples along with another one, which is exercising consistently, and I talked a little bit about it at the beginning, is that regardless of how we're feeling, and I don't mean if we're really, really sick, but this is more a conversation about how to stay healthy, how to help your immune function, how to be prepared for the fight, but listening to your body, it's important to be consistent, but not every day has to be a personal best. Right, And it's learning to draw that balance day after day and week after week where you have your I'm going for it all, I'm going for the gold today workouts and also the ones that are just there to get your body moving, get the blood flowing, but more of a recovery type days. And that's where you may put in some of the yoga, in the meditation, some gentle bike riding, some light walking, some stretching. You know, it's the consistency that really matters, because it helps with that lymph drainage, it helps to move things through the body, and so being consistent is really important, but that doesn 't mean that you 're all out all the time
0: yeah, Dr. Lena, though there was a fantastic point because I, I think some people get into the mindset that they have to push hard all the time, and sometimes it 's not important of how hard it 's the fact that you just get your body moving because you know if, um, if you don 't know much about the lymph system, like Dr. Lena mentioned. It is the body's drainage system. It is what allows us to move toxins and the byproducts of infections out of our body. And, and coupling with that, I, I think, is something that is oftentimes heavily overlooked is hydration. You know, our bodies are, you know, upwards of 80% water. And if so if you become dehydrated, then your body has a very difficult time just clearing the toxins that we produce on a daily basis. But also the ability to go and move things like lymph because these things can concentrate within our bodies and they can make our cells unhealthy if we become dehydrated. So it's really important to make sure that we are focusing on adequate water intake because it is something that is just so critically important for health and well-being for all of us.
1: So another is practicing proper hygiene. And I know this seems like common sense, right? But it's one of those things you teach your kids, like brush your teeth, use your mouthwash, did you shower? But it's really important. A lot of bacteria live you know, in the mouth, if you sweat from the exercise, you know, they live on the body. And so you need to make sure that you have good oral hygiene, good body hygiene, because you want to try to wash away the bacteria. You want to try to keep the skin clean. You don't want to give it, you know, you don't want your body to be a vesicle for things to grow like a culture medium. That's not what you want your body to be.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, coupling to that, because one of the biggest reasons why proper hygiene becomes so important is although we have a really good, strong, innate and adaptive immune system, one of the biggest reasons why even people who can have good, strong immune systems can become sick is what they call viral and bacterial loads. Sometimes it just overburdens your body's ability to adapt. And so if we don't have proper hygiene, that is exactly what happens is that the amount of viruses, the amount of bacteria, the amount of fungi, whatever, can overload your immune system's ability to fight off all of these things, then you can become very, very ill as a byproduct of this. So let's transition to this last part, which is also reducing exposure to cigarette smoke. Um, You know, guys, I know in this day and age, this should be common knowledge but there's still a significant portion of our population that are cigarette smokers. And if you are a cigarette smoker and you are um, looking to quit, I would encourage you because reducing your exposure to cigarette smoke can dramatically improve your immune system. Then there's some studies that show that within 30 days, um, your lungs can begin to dramatically heal, improving things like um, the ability of the immune system to clear out the toxins, the ability of your liver to begin to become healthier, and your immune system becoming significantly stronger. So so I think these are just some really great basic tips on ways that you can start building a stronger immune system immediately. But let's dive deep, Dr. Alina, into foods that support a healthy immune system. So
1: obviously, the number one thing on our list is protein right lean protein it's a building block for the body it helps you know with your maintaining your muscle which helps keep you strong and so typically your best proteins organically raised rich in omega-3s and you can still get a lot of really good protein sources whether you know i know some people are vegetarians or vegans but there are still a lot of good options because the protein is still really important you can't overlook that
0: And keep in mind too, all of your immune cells are made of proteins. So if you're protein deficient, then you are going to have a difficult time just building enough immune cells to support you, let alone being able to support your skeletal muscle structures and other things that are protein dependent. So also, you know, you can and these are also secondary protein sources would be things like nuts and seeds. But what's also great about nuts and seeds is they're also tend to be very, um, very high in healthy oils. Um, And because, you know, oils are oftentimes derived from things like um, different types of nuts and fruits and seeds. um, So healthy oils can be very supportive of the immune system, especially if they are very dense in omega sixes. Uh, excuse me omega-3s because omega-6s can be very inflammatory to bodies so you want to make sure you're getting very omega-3 dense nuts and seeds so things like hemp seeds and pumpkin seeds all can be very very protective of the immune system as well
1: so another obvious one would be your vegetables your fruits and then herbs and spices right and i know that some people have to watch sodium for a variety of reasons with blood pressure Um, But herbs and spices are really good to use to flavor your food, but they also have a lot of great health benefits.
0: And guys, last but not least in this section on ways to build a stronger immune system is also Reduce exposure to cigarette smoke. If you're currently a smoker um, or you're around cigarette smoke a lot, getting away or reducing cigarette smoke is one of the best things that you can do to bolster your immune system. Cigarette smoke has been shown to be very harmful to immune function, respiratory function, can be very damaging, especially prolonged exposure. So um, if this is something that you are looking to make the make the cut, I strongly encourage you to because it can be so harmful to your, your both short-term and long-term health. And guys, so let's transition here into this next section, because we really want to talk about the things that support a healthy immune system and healthy immune function. And so we're going to dive right into this next section.
1: So the first we're going to talk about is lean proteins. So protein is critical to immune cells, but you want to make sure that you're eating good protein. Right, so, organically raised, rich in omega threes, and regardless if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, obviously in that case, then you're not looking at the lean meats, but there are other sources of protein that you can have to that's really important for the immune function
0: right like so if you're a vegetarian, there's things like beans, beans are an excellent source, and I know um you know if you are a, a vegan or a vegetarian, you're probably already eating lentils and pinto beans and other types of bean sources. But what's nice about things like lentil beans is that they are, they are a complete protein source. So, so if you're not getting lentils in your diet, they would be one that I would strongly recommend. Also sources like quinoa. Um, quinoa, although it's, a, it's considered to be a grain, is also a complete source of amino acids. So there's lots of ways that you can get complete sources of protein in your diet if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, but making sure that you are getting sufficient amounts of protein in your diet. There's also great, um, great protein shakes out there by companies like Orgain, where they make tremendous plant-based proteins um, Such as like they make protein 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 plant based um, protein shakes and powders that are just tremendous. They taste great. They're very easy on the GI. Um, And so you know, I know my wife and I. We personally we both drink organ shakes and we really enjoy them um, because they've got great flavor. They're very drinkable but they have lots of antioxidants. They have um, probiotics in them. Um, They have all the protein that we need, but we used to be whey consumers and we've been doing plant-based proteins for quite some time. And I know that it's definitely helped my gut when I do these types of protein shakes versus a lot of the irritation I used to get when we would do whey-based drinks.
1: And then obviously there's veggies, fruits, herbs, and spices, right? A lot of people know, eat your vegetables and your fruits. Your green leafy vegetables, your fibrous fruits, like berries are really good. Um, Obviously all fruits have a benefit, but some greater than others. So like your strawberries, your blueberries, blackberries, raspberries are all really high in antioxidants. Um, You know, oranges obviously have a lot of vitamin C, but also higher in sugar, whereas strawberries are really high in vitamin C. And I don't think that people always realize that. And then herbs and spices, you know, a lot of people have to limit their salt intake for a variety of reasons, but herbs and spices are great at seasoning your food. They taste really good, but they also have a lot of very beneficial attributes to them that people don't realize.
0: Right. And so some of our favorites are things like garlic. Garlic is a very anti-inflammatory spice, as is ginger. Um, There are also spices um, that you can use in your diet, like turmeric, which is high in curcuminoids, um, which are very anti-inflammatory. Many people would say that it's super spice because it has been shown to have so many profound benefits on health. So, uh, so those would be some things that I would recommend that if you are not a heavy seasoner, definitely start considering to season uh, seasoning your foods more heavily, especially with garlic and, and curcumin and turmeric um, and ginger as a part of like your standard diet because they are so beneficial. So and, and last but not least in this section guys, um, we really want to talk about things that um, like nuts and seeds, that are really tremendous for um, for bringing in sources of fiber, can be very dense in omega-3 fatty acids, can also be great sources of protein. But also what they allow us to do is to produce things like healthy oils um, because healthy oils are tremendous. Um, When you can get omega-3 oils, whether it's from nuts or seed sources, they can have very anti-inflammatory effects in the immune system. So I think that if if you've not implemented these things into your diet, these would be tremendous. And then the last thing I do want to touch on for a second, and this is something that can be somewhat of conjecture as whole grains. Within certain dietary frameworks, people will say that you want to avoid grains. I will tell you that if you want to have grains, you want to make sure that you have them in balance. And you want to do things like organic and sprouted grains because those are entirely different. If you're doing like an Ezekiel bread versus doing a Wonder Bread, those are very, very different. So the Ezekiel breads are are, are sprouted grains, which are far easier on the body than if you're doing a floured grain. So I know that there can be a lot of discussions about the consumption of grains, but if you are going to have grains, try and have them in their most natural form with as little processing as possible. And uh, you know, if you can tolerate gluten, uh, then you can do things like the Ezekiels, but there's lots of other great sprouted gluten-free breads that have hit the market over the course of the last few years. So if you wanna have things that are, are grains, I would definitely look towards getting sprouted grains in your diet so that you're, you can still have things that would be as anti-inflammatory as possible um, when you are consuming. So, so guys, I know we've gone really deep in this episode, and so we're gonna give you a part two to this episode that'll come out next, where what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend an entire episode talking about supplements to support immune function, because this is something that a lot of people really ask a lot of questions about. But what we really wanna do is we wanna highlight the importance of the connection. You've got to have the other things that we talked about in this episode in place and then use supplements to go and fill in the gaps to support your immune system. So Dr. Lena, I think this is a tremendous episode that everybody should get a lot of benefit from. And anything you want to add before we finish up today?
1: No, I think we covered a lot. And obviously, as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out and contact us and let us know. And we'd be happy to address them on our next episode.
0: And guys, if you want to go to our practice website, it's elitefamilykyros.com. You can reach us on Facebook.com backslash EliteFamilyKairos. Or if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can also drop questions there. We would also love your ratings and reviews and your feedback so we know what we can do to serve you better with all of the content that we're creating. All right. God bless you guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Growing Healthy Families podcast. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it so that we can help to spread this message of health and wellness and all kinds of great, amazing content to the world. We love you guys. We'll see you in the next episodes.